Good morning, everybody. You are listening to Doc and Rock Radio, and we are here with episode four. I'm your host, as always, Frank Inglis, and we've got a lot to talk about today. I had uh, an entire show planned out um, for a different subject, but uh, yesterday some news came out that does pertain to this podcast and its viewers, so I thought it is kind of my duty to address that. Before we go into that, though, I just want to thank everyone who's listened in on on all the podcasts so far, and uh, especially to those of you who have sent me kind words uh, telling me to you know, keep producing these episodes. Thank you very much uh, for your support. Now, I was quite excited to uh, dedicate an entire episode to something that I am not willing to disclose right now. I want it to be a bit more of a secret. And considering we're not going to be doing it this week, I will keep it a secret until next week. I have my notes here as I usually do, so I'll keep them for the next time. Uh, But I'm going to move on to a different set of notes. As you may know, if you are a fan of uh, Pokemon, or just a fan of what we talk about here on Doc and Rock Radio every week, you would know that Nintendo announced yesterday two new games in the Pokemon series. The first game, uh, which is out now, is one called Pokemon Quest. It is a free-to-start, pay-to-progress style game that has so far been released on the Switch, uh, but will be coming to mobile devices very soon, which is fitting as it is a game that has a layout very similar to that of uh, a mobile game. It was released yesterday after the live stream, the Nintendo slash Pokemon live stream, and um, I've, I've played it, actually. I played it a bit last night. It's a cube-style aesthetic, you know, so all your Pokemon, all your terrains and whatnot are all cube, similar to the, the easiest thing to compare it to is uh, Minecraft, uh, but it's not exactly like that. It, it's just the, the closest comparison. The game plays mostly on its own, You are a trainer, in quotations, and you can make Pokemon friends by having them come to your little village, which you can expand and uh, make unique by completing missions to earn, you know, stone statues or uh, just different aesthetics that you can attach to your own base camp. Uh, And then you send your Pokemon out to battle. Uh, When it comes to battles or adventures or quests, whatever you want to call them, you more or less throw three Pokemon of your choosing uh, into a terrain. Then you can essentially auto-battle them. The way the game works is they will have to defeat three or four waves. This is early game. Three or four waves of Pokemon that uh, are attached to that area. Example would be grass types in a grass area, rock types in the rock area, etc. Those Pokemon will, in a similar style to Mystery Dungeon and Pokemon Rumble, Mystery Dungeon is a grid-based game which you control on your own. 
The only resemblance it has to Mystery Dungeon is the fact that you have, you know, three Pokemon at a time. Uh, they, they attack as a group and whatnot. And the Pokemon Rumble style, which if you ever played Pokemon Rumble, is, is kind of like a beat-em-up, but a very basic beat-em-up. It's very similar to those two things. It does contain elements of those two things, but you have very little control. You can have control if you so wish to have control, um, but really you can auto battle them and it essentially does the exact same thing. In fact, it uh, may do it even better than if you were to control the moves yourself. As far as the RPG elements go, it still adheres to the same types of things that the original Pokemon games or the mainline Pokemon games adhere to i.e. your experience points, your weaknesses and whatnot. But as you level up a Pokemon, they will unlock kind of... Uh, the only way I can describe them is as stat boosters. So a little square will open up in their kind of status page and then you can attach boosters to them. So you could attach a strength booster or a defense booster, a health booster, uh, just to make those Pokemon stronger so that you can go out and do more quests but there is quite a uh, there is quite a level gap between your pokemon and the quest lines that you'll be completing which is where the pay to progress comes into it you see i'm not a fan of this at all and i try to stay as positive as possible as i can on this podcast because i do think that there is a lot of a lot more room for positivity than negativity, but unfortunately, to be negative is a lot easier to be positive. Um, so this is one of the few times I am going to be a little bit negative. But I don't like. I'm playing this on the Switch. It is only available on the Switch currently, and it is like I said, pay to, uh, excuse me, free to play, pay to progress type of game, and it runs exactly like you imagine it runs. You have energy going on quest takes up one energy eventually you'll run out of energy and you can purchase more energy if you will by using these kind of in-game tickets but these in-game tickets uh, there are two ways you can obtain them one way is to do missions in game which nets you a small amount of tickets at a time the other way is to pay real life money through the nintendo eShop to get these tickets which then you can use in game to do whatever it is you please when a game comes out on console i do feel as though there should be no there should be no room for there to have in-game purchases dlc aside that is just something we've come to live with nowadays but i would much prefer to have paid 20 dollars or 30 dollars for this game than to be able to play it for free and then pay to get further than I could if I had just played on my own. I think that it will definitely earn Nintendo and the Pokemon company a great deal more money, but I don't think that it's a good move for Pokemon, a video game series that once had a great deal of heart and now seems heartless and that's kind of going to be the unfortunate theme of this episode is uh, this new pokemon news both this game and the other game i'm going to talk about soon they do seem heartless to me in a way but then again 
I'm an adult and I should know better than to assume that big video game companies and money-making schemes, in a way, are ever going to be for us. It's always going to be for them. But we move on. So Pokemon Quest, it works like your standard mobile game. That is more or less all I have to say about Pokemon Quest. I, um, I'm playing it a little bit. But, you know, I played it last night before I went to bed. And I've woken up this morning not really with any intention to continue playing it. I feel as though the 50 to an hour playtime that I've had with the game is pretty much it for me. I've explored all I think is necessary to explore without having to pay to go further. Now, I think that you can go further in the game. I just have not done that yet so don't mistake my words i uh, i don't want to play the game anymore it's not that i can't play the game anymore so the game the the runtime for those of you that aren't paying to progress i would say is is fairly long because you can keep repeating levels and whatnot it's just a matter of your enjoyment of the game if you've played any mobile games if you've played any of those gacha style mobile games which i think even though this pokemon uh, quest is not necessarily a gacha style game it does adhere to many of the mechanics that gacha style games have made popular um i.e you know the energy and the in-game tokens and whatnot i think you have a certain amount of enjoyment with those games and then eventually you just as a person gets bored and then you'll probably go back and play you know fire red or Pokemon Quest has all of the original 151 Pokemon, uh, which you should be able to befriend and evolve as you go in true pay-to-progress fashion. Uh, there's not enough space to hold all 151 Pokemon. You have to purchase extra space for them. Um, once you've done that, you'll be able to hold more couldn't give you an exact number though i just know that it, it, it was mentioned in the tutorial uh, very briefly but no that that's basically all i have to say about this game is that it's free to play now on the switch so go and grab it give it a give it a look personally if you look at the game um it does have a nice aesthetic you know it really does it's uh, you know cubed and it's nice and colorful and the icons are nice it's a very clean looking game it plays clean you can play it without the joy cons you can if you want to but you can basically just use the touch screen if you so want and uh it's it's a nice little game but it, ha it doesn't have a lot of lasting power for me maybe someone more dedicated to pokemon than me uh, will definitely play this game for far longer I mean, there's always the capacity for that. I've played Digimon Links probably about three times. I got it originally on my iPhone. Uh, I had used a Japanese iTunes account to download it in Japanese. And I played that game for hundreds of hours. And I put a lot of money into it. And then uh, I lost, well, I didn't lose, but I traded in that iPhone for a Samsung. 
and I re-downloaded the game on that Samsung, played it, I would say almost all the way through, apart from, you know, the updating campaigns and whatnot. Uh, spent a lot of money on that, and I'm currently playing it again, but in English. Uh, and that's just because I love Digimon. I love to see Digimon on the screen. I love to kind of digest Digimon wherever I can. So I imagine that if you're a fan of Pokemon, a free-to-play Pokemon game like this is something that would be right up your alley. And there's nothing wrong with that. Truly. Truly nothing wrong with that. So go out there and enjoy Pokemon Quest. It's out now on the Switch. And uh, it's supposed to be out on mobile devices soon, but we haven't been given a proper date. All we have, and uh, it has been revealed once this podcast had already been recorded. So if that's the case, please let me know in any kind of comment section where I post this. Uh, just for the sake of everyone else um, looking to get it on the mobile devices, not so much myself. Okay. Moving on to the second game of today's episode. This was also revealed through yesterday's live stream. It is a game called Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. This game is set to come out on the 16th of November for the Nintendo Switch. And it's a game that uh, looks semi-inspired by Gen 1. At first, people were saying that it was going to be a remake of Gen 1. It has been revealed to not be a remake of Gen 1. It, uh, it is set in the Kanto region. So it's definitely set in Gen 1. And the layout of the map and whatnot is of Kanto. But it is not a remake of those games. Uh, people were hoping for like a Pokemon Yellow remake. Many years ago, we got Fire Red and Leaf Green. We didn't really get anything else. But people were really hoping for a Pokemon Yellow remake where... And I mean, it, it, it does note that the, the names do kind of note um, or insinuate rather. Let's go Pikachu, Pokemon Yellow. Let's go Eevee which is your rival's Pokemon. Uh, so yeah, you could kind of go either side. But no, it ends up it ended up being a Pokemon Go style game for consoles. Uh, and actually uh, during a Q&A, Nintendo or the Pokemon company, sorry, uh, came out saying that, yeah, this game was developed to further invest those who have played Pokemon Go. Uh, in the main series. So they're bringing people that played Pokemon Go to home consoles and hopefully setting them up for uh, a lifetime of Pokemon enjoyment. So if you've seen the video about this, it um, it is an adventure. You know, it's an adventure game. Technically, it's an RPG, although I wouldn't necessarily call it an RPG. It's, it's an adventure game and you catch Pokemon in the exact same way you catch Pokemon in Pokemon Go. There are no wild battles. Uh, there are trainer battles, I believe. But there are no random encounters. The graphics look fantastic. If you haven't seen the video, please look up the video. The graphics look brilliant. And... I probably will be getting the game, but it seems to, and I'll get into this a bit more, it seems too gimmicky. Anyway, let me outline the rest of it. Uh, you can play the game with one Joy-Con, if you so choose, because really all you're doing in the game is walking around. You're walking around, once you interact with a Pokemon, you're essentially just throwing the Pokeball at it, 
in the exact style of Pokemon Go, trying to get it within the rings uh, to catch the Pokemon. Simple as that. There is drop-in, drop-out co-op, which means a, a friend can pick up the other Joy-Con and, and join in on the game, and you will just catch Pokemon together. So the way they showed it in the trailer is that you both will throw a Pokeball. If you're in perfect synchronization, you will... You know, it's a surefire catch, even for a really, really powerful Pokemon. There will be Pokemon Go integration. Uh, about halfway through the game, Nintendo noted, you will be able to... You'll be able to send Pokemon from your Pokemon Go account over to the Switch game. So that's kind of fun for those of you out there who have, who are still playing Pokemon Go and are pretty into it. That's, that's kind of a fun extra. Uh, there is a peripheral coming out alongside the game called the Pokeball Plus. It essentially just looks like a Pokeball. Uh, the, the button in the middle of the Pokeball is a small joystick. And there is a big button on the top of the Pokeball. Now, you can use this Pokeball as a controller for the game. That's how simple the game will be. You can use basically two buttons to control the entire game. One of them being a, a joystick which you can click in to do certain other things. Uh, but you can also load Pokemon onto it, which is similar to that of the Pokewalker from Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver. Now, this Pokeball Plus can also be used with your smart devices for Pokemon Go uh, in the same way as the last peripheral that came out for Pokemon Go. You know, it, it, it will light up when something's close. You will click the one button. You may catch it. You may not. Yada, yada, yada. We've all seen that before. Uh, but you can bring Pokemon with you from your game into the Pokeball. Now that, it hasn't revealed to do anything. With the Pokewalker that was released with Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver, you could bring Pokemon with you and it would level them up the more you walk. You could find uh, specialty Pokemon and you could find specialty items as well. It hasn't been revealed what will happen with the pokeball plus if you take a pokemon with you except for that you know you, it, it will be motion censored and you can roll the pokeball around and you can hear the pokemon inside and sometimes it will call out to you it's more of a like an ar type of experience you know or augmented reality type of experience where it almost feels like there's a pokemon in the pokeball with you that's that's what uh, the pokemon company have said about it um just like Pokemon Quest, you'll be able to catch all 151 original Pokemon, but unlike Pokemon Quest, you will also be able to catch Alolan forms. Apart from that, though, Nintendo have said that this has no connection to Pokemon Sun and Moon. It is just its own game, and that's basically it. I'm not, I'm not too excited about this. I'm not too excited about this. And I feel bad. I almost didn't want to record this episode because, once again, I do try my best to be positive about all things. But I have felt quite bitter about Pokemon for quite a while because I think the way it's going is not well. I don't think the Pokemon Company, Nintendo, or Game Freak are doing what they should be doing and mind you i'm not in the industry and i know there is a lot of red tape and there are a lot of words from higher ups that need to be adhered to i understand that but as uh, someone in the on the base level that's just enjoying the games i would very much rather have seen all this effort put into a 
standalone RPG title to add to the rest of the series, which is still coming in 2019. That was another thing as well. Uh, it's an untitled Pokemon RPG, but it will adhere to the main series of games, and it's set for a 2019 release, so next year. Pokemon Quest and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu slash Eevee, they're just, number one, they're cash grabs, quick cash grabs, um, which will work, and they're distractions. They're distractions for us, because as fans of Pokemon, we're getting antsy. We want a Pokemon game for the Switch. We don't want Pokemon Super Ultra Mega Sun Moon. We don't want anything but a brand new game. Before I go on though, I should add, I've, I've just remembered. I didn't write this in my notes because I only saw it just, just before I started the podcast, but there will be a brand new Pokemon revealed uh, for Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu slash Eevee. Never before seen, you'll be able to catch it in game. Uh, sorry back to what I was saying. I think that people are pretty hyped for this and they probably all really enjoyed Pokemon Go. I didn't really enjoy Pokemon Go. I felt that it was one of those games that you had to put so much time into just to get semi good at it. And by the time I had started playing it, people were already so good that uh, you know, gym battles meant nothing to me. I couldn't do them. Uh, I would go out with friends and they would all be catching Pokemon and their Pokemon would always be that many levels higher than me. It just felt like the, the gap between uh, you know new players and old players, even after a couple of weeks, was so high. Um, and then I, I also saw a real influx of people who never really enjoyed Pokemon enjoying it. And that was really, at first, really good. Uh, because it, it, you looked at that and you thought, oh, that that's great. Like, people are all getting into things that I loved, but with anything like this that uh, floats around in the zeitgeist and becomes incredibly popular incredibly quickly, it also starts to get a little bit obnoxious. And the diehard or hardcore Pokemon fans kind of get pushed to the wayside for the sake of those that are investing the most money and once again I know that of course like big company will, would rather um, keep those people happy than the people that just kind of silently love it but yeah this is what I'm getting at Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee is made for those who really love Pokemon Go which to the credit of, of Nintendo is a smart business plan. It really is, because it's going to have people buying the Switch, it's going to have people buying the peripherals, and once you've bought the Switch and you've bought the game, you're only going to buy more games. It's very rare that someone will purchase a console for one game and never buy another game. Very rare. So that's smart. They've because the Pokemon fandom, I think, was split, right? You had people that really enjoyed the core games and your spin-off games, because the spin-off games, let's be honest, a lot of them are quite good. Mystery Dungeon, I mean, that that's that's a great series as well. Let's not discredit that. But you have people that really enjoy the core series, and then you have people that enjoy things like Pokemon Go. Now, those two don't have 
a lot of overlap. I think there are more people that enjoy the core games who are enjoying po Pokemon Go than vice versa. But let's say, for example, you it splits it 70-30. That might be a bit generous. I don't have actual statistics. But let's say it's 70-30. What Nintendo have done with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is they've taken maybe 20% of that 30 and have converted them to console buyers. And that's a really good business move. It's a really good money-making move. And kudos to whoever came up with this. And while I can appreciate that, I don't like it. Because I'm not a businessman. I'm just a regular guy who really enjoys Pokemon. And I would like to see a game with, yeah, a bit more heart and soul. But instead, what we're seeing is just a gimmick-filled cash grab. And mind you, I love gimmicks. I love a good gimmick. My po the Pokewalker is my favorite peripheral to ever exist. My favorite peripheral. Half the time I restart Heart Gold and Soul Silver just so that I can bring a good Pokemon with me when I go everywhere. That's because I'm a fan of Digimon. I'm a fan of virtual pets. So yeah, I, I just really, I wanted more out of this Pokemon news. And what I got was this. And uh, yeah, I do apologize for getting negative. I, I don't mean to, but this is this is my genuine feeling. And I think if I'm gonna have a if I'm gonna create a podcast about this type of thing, then I'm I'm gonna have to be honest with my emotions and feelings about certain things because this does mean a lot to me. You know, I really like a Pokemon and whatnot means it actually means so much to me. Without Pokemon, I never I probably never would have gotten into monster taming RPGs. I never would have gotten into virtual pets. I mean, I always loved Digimon, but Pokemon was the first thing I ever, I ever played. The first thing I ever played was Pokemon Blue. And you know, I am one of those people that does love the first generation. Uh, well, my favorite generation is generation two. I, um, my favorite Pokemon game is Pokemon Crystal. When I was young, my uh, my dad my dad passed away when I was really young. When I was really young, and uh, one of the big memories I have with him is I, I live in Australia. If you can't tell by the accent, and there was like a convention in the in Sydney that it was a Pokemon convention, and they were showcasing Gold and Silver. I was about, I would have been about five at the time. This was a, about a year. My dad passed away in 2000. Excuse me, 2001. And Pokemon would have come out, I think, either that year, just before it, or just after, off the top of my head. Uh, Pokemon, the second generation. Anyway, before he passed away, he took me to this kind of convention where they had a, a, a bunch of Game Boy Colors set up. And they were showcasing Pokemon Gold and Silver. And I managed to have some time with Pokemon Gold and Silver. And as a young boy who had just played, you know, the three original Pokemon games, seeing such an evolution was incredible to me. I remember vividly playing as Totodile. I was using a Totodile and I used Leer. But I was so excited to be just be playing the game that 
I didn't read that I had used the move Leer. But if you remember in the Gold and Silver games, Leer, the way it was shown was as a, like two kind of uh, laser beams. And I just thought it was the most amazing thing. So Gold and Silver has a really, really you know, special place in my heart because it reminds me of that. It reminds me of my dad. And it reminds me of... Um, I really enjoyed those games and I still do enjoy those games. And I think back then... Pokemon did have a lot of heart. I think it really did. And it could be just a personal thing as well. I'm old enough to know that, yeah, personal experiences can influence what you think of things. Of course it can. I mean, that's so obvious, um, including menial things like video games. But yeah, Pokemon really means a lot to me. So I do get a little bit upset and I get a little bit angry when I do see things like this that, yeah, it's really empty. It's just quite an empty, uh, well, it's an empty gesture, isn't it? You know, it's like you're waiting for dinner and uh, the dinner host says, here are some crackers to get you by. We really hope you enjoy the crackers. Please indulge on the crackers. We wouldn't want you to go too hungry. <laughs> and I mean, that seems like a good move by a dinner host, and the analogy probably breaks down there. But a Nintendo are essentially going, yeah, here's a thing, here's this thing here. Uh, don't complain for a little while. We'll eventually get the next one to you. That's what I think anyway. I am excited for the new RPG though. I never played Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I felt Sun and Moon was, was too hand-holdy, you know? Uh, people, I've seen people say things like, oh, it was too, too childish, you know, we're not children. And, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment because when we were children, we were still able to maneuver through the world of Pokemon Red and Blue with zero hand-holding. You know, that's giving children very little credit. I think children are way smarter than that. A lot of people look towards, and then a lot of the people who uh, I will call Sun and Moon apologizers are like, well, you know, it's not just for older people, it's also for younger people. And I think, you know, a lot of younger kids, they're not silly. They grow up with technology, they grow up with video games. We did not. You know, we were probably the generation, I mean, I was born in 94, but, um, you know, the kind of Game Boy generation especially well, Pokemon. It was the first generation of Pokemon. But we figured it out. The Game Boy was the first console I ever had. Prior to that, I had not played video games. And uh, my first game was Pokemon. It was Pokemon Blue. And I managed to figure that out dozens of times over. So I don't think that's a good argument for why the new Pokemon games are so kid-friendly. Because they're not kid-friendly. They're just boring. I really want a Pokemon game that um, a lot. So, so a lot of people say, you know, like, because uh, I am the I am a you know the typical '90s kid and a Gen One lover, uh, but I think I am because at that point in time, it gave us something that number one we we never had. It allowed us room for personality you know you played the game the way you wanted to you had the pokemon you wanted to and while that's still apparent i mean it's obvious 
you know, in Sun and Moon, I felt as though it wasn't, hmm, it wasn't as apparent. And the world of competitive Pokemon gaming has influenced, you know, your standard regular gaming. And I think it, it alters your choice of Pokemon. Uh, it alters the way you play the game. It, it's everything. It's everything and it's nothing, right? There's so much to consider, but then when you consider so much, it boils down to almost nothing because then the only thing you come out with is it's just not the same. And I don't necessarily like to say that. I don't like to just say Pokemon's just not the same. In reality, it's a it's a slew of little changes that adds to what is a biggest bigger change. And I think the bigger change is something that is just not that good anymore. But I will still support Pokemon and I'll still support the Pokemon company. Because they've done so much for me in my personal life and I want to see it be better. And yeah, I, I feel really down about it because a lot of people are celebrating the news of these two new Pokemon games. But I'm here just thinking, yeah, I wish it was different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like to get too down, especially on this podcast. But I, I would like to refer back to what I said uh, in the first episode, which is that I think Digimon is innovating, whereas Pokemon is kind of is, is stagnating. And while physical innovation is where Pokemon is at right now, with your Pokemon Go, with your peripherals and whatnot, I do think we've hit a plateau. I don't think Pokemon is getting any better right now, as a whole. With individual projects, yeah, possibly. But as a whole, I don't think Pokemon's getting better. I think it's gotten to a point of quality, and it's it has dipped a little bit, but the dip hasn't fallen too far. It's just plateaued, and... I think that if we're going to compare Digimon and Pokemon, which is, I've done this to myself, I think Pokemon has, has it plateaued many years ago, and it dipped in popularity, but not quality, and now it's on the up, and it's a slow rise, which was kicked up a notch by Cyber Sleuth, um, it's on a, it's on a, a decent rise as we speak, and I think eventually, it, I mean, I think it has lapped Pokemon in quality, it's definitely not lapped Pokemon in popularity. And to be entirely honest, I don't care if it does. I don't think popularity... I mean, it would be good for it to get really, really popular because it would mean we would get more games. But I think popularity will just lead it to the same point Pokemon is at now. So in the end, I don't really care about popularity. It's it's quality. It's uh, it's hard. I put a lot of... I put a lot of my money on heart, charm, Anyway, that might be it for this week's episode. I'm sorry to have gotten so negative. I, so many podcasts and so many videos and so many articles just report on the news that I wanted to do something a little bit different for my podcast. I don't just want to report on the news. I want to give you my opinion on the news. Um, and I know a lot of people do that as well, but I think there's a, there's a lot more worth in that than just regurgitating what I've read on IGN. 
And that's my opinion. And it may not line up with everyone else's opinions. Or, or it may. I've not actually checked to see if people are... I know people are celebrating this, the new games. I'm not quite sure. I haven't seen a lot of negative comments about it. Then again, I've not looked for them. Because I feel like if I look for negative comments, I will then just repeat those negative comments. Instead, I... I've just thought about it myself, and this is what I've come to. But look, I, um, I'm really excited for next week's episode. Unless some sort of news comes out next week, and I have to push back this episode again, uh, next week will be a really fun episode. Uh, and I've organized a lot. I've organized a lot of information. I have done a lot more research. And uh, if you liked the Shin Megami Tensei episode from last week, um, this one's going to be even better. I promise you that. Until then, though, keep safe, be friendly, go out, have fun, enjoy Pokemon, Digimon, Monster Rancher, if you're still into Monster Rancher, enjoy it all. See you next week, friends. Bye-bye.